Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Expedition Cinema Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jeremy, and today we're having a long overdue discussion on the double feature of the year, Barbenheimer. For those of you that don't know this, somehow you don't know, uh, this is in reference to two movies came out in the same weekend of July 21st this year, Barbie by um, Little Women director Greta Gerwig and Oppenheimer by you know, Inception, I guess is his most famous director, uh, Christopher Nolan, or The Dark Knight. Uh, Greta Gerwig also did uh, Lady Bird. This is, I think, her third movie? I'm pretty sure this is just her third movie. And so far, I gotta say, she's three for three. Um, uh, so first of all, it's been a little while. Uh, it's been a while since I've released an episode. Um, I'd love to blame it on my schedule getting busy, but the fact of the matter is I did just kind of choose to step away for a little while, um, not for any particular reason, uh, just because I wanted to spend my time doing some other stuff. Um, so, you know, sorry about the absence, but we back. Um, and I do want to kind of maintain this, especially since I'm about to get into a new semester of school, 12 credit hours. It's going to be a little stressful. Definitely could use this week to week to kind of decompress a little bit. Um, most definitely that would be, uh, super helpful. Oh my God. I just got a notification. Taylor Swift, the Eras tour is coming to, um, AMC theaters. Okay. <laughs> it's coming to AMC theaters on my birthday, no less. LOL. Okay. Well, all right. Getting Dolby cinema for that, but, uh, sorry, totally off topic. Um, let's uh, go ahead and jump in. Um, first let's tackle Barbie. Uh, Barbie, like I said, is by Greta Gerwig. She's our, our director, um, our, our visionary icon. I was so, so excited to get in a theater, watch this movie, not only for you know Margot Robbie and the uh, obvious love that Greta Gerwig expresses for women in her film, but uh, also for uh, Ryan Gosling and to see what they would do with the male perspective in this movie. Um, gonna run through a ton of the stars both of these features unbelievable casts it, it really is i think that's what really started the barbie v oppenheimer thing of these two incredibly stacked casts just you know trying to perform uh, better than the other uh, unbelievable um but this movie stars margot robbie ryan gosling um <laughs> I guess I'll just preface that uh, every person otherwise uh, iterated is Barbie or Ken. So uh, Margot Robbie, Ryan Gosling, Alexander Shipp, uh, Simu Liu, um, Kate McKinnon, Kingsley Benadir, Emma Mackey, uh, Shuti Katwa, uh, Issa Rae, America Ferreira, Ariana Greenblatt with Michael Sarah and Will Ferrell. Uh, Michael Sarah played Alan. Uh, super cool. <laughs> I loved Alan. Alan was funny as shit. Um, this movie is hilarious. Um, the people I just listed, by the way, they are just the highlights. There's a ton of other talented people in this film that deserve a lot of attention for their contribution, you know, however small it may have been. Um, uh, America Ferreira and Ariana Greenblatt, they play a, you know, real life. Yeah, I, I realize you can't see the air quotes I'm doing, but air quotes, real life mother and daughter in this film that traveled to Barbie land with Barbie. Uh, and Will Ferrell plays, um, I, I don't even know what his real name is, actually. 
Uh, I've totally forget. He's the CEO of Mattel. That's that's all I got. Um, but uh, let's jump into review. What did I like? What didn't I like? Um, it's easier for me to start with what I didn't like. Um, America Ferreira's monologue. There's a point in the film where uh, America Ferreira delivers, delivers a monologue that kind of brings Barbie this kind of being that has no natural defense against the <laughs> ideas of the patriarchy. Um, <laughs> sorry, it just it, it's it's interesting to think about how Greta Gerwig really masterfully made a impactful story for both men and women with this film. Um, you know, obviously putting more emphasis on the female point of view, but you know, still adequately addressing the you know male point of view at most turns you know i i really think that the balancing act that she does even though it's not necessarily an equal balancing act is incredible and it's so it, it actually is genuinely a funny movie but it's also genuinely a very important movie i think um for a lot of people to watch that said there is one monologue where a lot of it gets expository. America Ferreira, you know, delivers this whole, um, like, paragraph, like, two and a half paragraphs of annoying things that women have to deal with in the com the confines of society, of a workplace, in their personal lives, just encompassing the female experience and the frustrations that are built into that experience, um, at the first time that was delivered, when I was first in the theater watching this, it felt a little bit cringy. I'm not going to lie to you. It felt just a little bit cringy, just because of how long it was dragging on. Um, but I think that was maybe just because I hadn't been in tune with the pace that we were going at for the entire film. So, you know, I think on the second watch, it greatly improved. So even that one part and... For me, it is just kind of one part that I would point at and say this whole part didn't really work for me as much. That one part still improved on the second and subsequent watches. So really for me, there's no stark negatives to this film that made it incredibly unenjoyable. Nothing I would call unfavorable or poor quality or bad. Some of it slightly mediocre you know some of this like I'm like oh, okay but like it's all to do with like little quips that I, I don't necessarily vibe with like the overall message of this film cannot stress it enough is valid on all fronts it is just an incredibly written film and you know despite its you know buoyancy especially expressed with you know some really incredible performances from Margot Robbie, Ryan Gosling, Kingsley Ben-Adira um, are definitely the ones that kind of stand out for me. Um, I, I just I just feel like this movie delivers a an important narrative while still address <coughs> excuse me while still addressing the audience's need for comedy and levity i think that's something that is is incredibly special that was done here um <laughs> what did i like uh barbie's character obviously has an incredible arc i i ball every time she she talks to um i guess it's ruth M mattel 
Ruth Mattel? Ruth. I'm just going to say Ruth because I don't know if the Mattel part's right. I don't know if it's her last name or not, but any part that has Ruth in it, the kind of older uh, woman, I, I ball my eyes out. <laughs> it's, it's just um, so sweet and so kind, the way that she speaks, and I have all the nostalgia for her, even though her character Matilda isn't a nice person, I have all the nostalgia for her, always. Um, <laughs> uh, that said, uh, I, I do really, really love that moment where Barbie, you know, Margot Robbie, she's sitting in a bus stop in the real world, and she looks over at um, kind of an older woman. Again, it's a different older woman, but she just says, you know, you look so beautiful. That just makes me cry so hard because I, I don't know why. I just, every time a, a sweeter old lady appears on film, I ball my eyes out because I just start thinking of my grandma and it just, it gets me. It gets me, bro. I can't. It's, it destroys me. Um, moving on, uh, uh, Ryan Gosling, obviously hilarious in this movie absolutely incredible understood every single piece of his assignment and you can tell that from day one he was on board with every single little piece of every single little narrative that Greta Gerwig Margot Robbie that all the writers wanted to throw into this film um <laughs> among the the Barbies honestly the ones that stand out a ton for me are a uh, Kate McKinnon uh and Issa Rae uh, Issa Rae, obviously, because she is President Barbie, she holds this this presence about her that is just undeniable, and I think it's incredibly well acted uh, on Issa Rae's part. Um, but Kate McKinnon just nails Weird Barbie. I love it. Like she's so weird and off-putting sometimes, but like it's part of her charm. It, it's part of why I just love it. Like it, it is just so good. Um, but yeah, I, I think that that kind of encapsulates everything I really have to say about Barbie. Um, the last thing I'll say is, you know, I'll reiterate that I love what this movie not only does for women, um, but, you know, in, in terms of, of visibility and messaging, but, you know, I think that it does something kind of special for, for men as well. Um, to also say that the um, oppressive norms and expectations of the existing society and social structure, it can be incredibly detrimental to their relationship with each other, with um, anyone else on the planet, like like the Barbies. Um, and, you know, overall, I really just think it's, it's quite toxic when, you know, at the end of the, the movie, we really just are met with this realization that, you know, Ken, you are Ken. You're not your girlfriend. You don't have to be identifying yourself based on, you know, what other people expect of you or who other people are saying you are. You're you, and that's your job to figure out. Um, so I, I really love that, that kind of commonality that they pull that thread through for um, the female point of view and for the male point of view. I really, really love that. <laughs> for this film, I gave it an 8.3. Um, like I said, there were some you know, a little cringier moments here and there, and uh, uh, there was a, a moment or two that felt a little uneven for me. Um, but uh, an 
in no way a bad score. It is a great, great movie. Please go see it. Uh, if I'm doing a summer blockbuster draft in the next, you know, like month or so, like I'm, I'm taking Barbie maybe first or second because it is quite incredible how much money it's made at the box office. It's given it such a boost, and I can't think of another film this year that's come out that really deserves it more. Um, the MVPs of the film, the obvious ones and the not-so-obvious ones, the obvious ones are obviously Margot Robbie does an incredible job um, in this movie. She is unbelievably good. Um, so is Ryan Gosling. They nail every single aspect of their character in this movie. Um, and truly, 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 like, <laughs> there's no, like, I'm gonna mention the unsung heroes, but the, the sung heroes, yeah, they're, they're good too, man. <laughs> they are really good. Um, the not so obvious ones. Um, I, again, I do think Kingsley Benadir is incredible, uh, as this kind of, side character ken um <laughs> simu liu is also pretty incredible as the you know antagonist ken to ryan gosling's ken um Issa Rae, like i'd said is really great kate mckinnon's incredible um america ferrera deserves a lot of kudos as well and uh i'll throw michael Sarah in there too he was funny as shit and he had probably two minutes of screen time cumulative maybe three or four i, I don't know he did a lot with that that little little bit, um, but that concludes Barbie for me. I, I don't I don't think I have anything else to say about Barbie. I I really really love that movie. Please go see it before it's out of theaters. Um, it's a great experience in theaters. Uh, I'll tell you, it was a fantastic with friends. It was fantastic with just you know a stranger audience. I I loved it, loved it, loved it. Um, so with that, let's move on to Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer by Christopher Nolan, um, as I mentioned, director of Inception. Uh, he also did the uh, Bale Batman films and other great films like Tenet. He did Interstellar. He did um, Memento, um, The Prestige. He's he's quite an incredible director. Um, so uh, I was incredibly excited for this movie as well. My expectations were <laughs> really really high, and man, he met them. <laughs> Uh, but this movie stars Killian Murphy in the titular role, Dr. J. Robert Oppenheimer, uh, Emily Blunt, Robert Downey Jr., Matt Damon, Florence Pugh, Rami Malek, uh, Alden Ehrenreich, David Krumholtz, Josh Hartnett, uh, Jason Clark, Benny Safdie with Gary Oldman, Tim Conti, and Casey Affleck. Uh, same as with Barbie, this is a snapshot of the incredible talent that's in this movie you know you you have people that are even now recently you know more mainstream like jack quaid and you know i watch josh peck have a little have a little come up after this you know maybe we'll see we'll see we'll see what happens but um there's a ton of other very very talented actors in this movie um please 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 go see it go support them um it is it is incredible what they've done with this movie um christopher nolan is visionary uh, very much so, a visionary, sorry, uh, but man, I, I, I can't help but feel that they all had a lot to do with the success of this movie, for sure, the collaborative process felt very strong, uh, even from just watching it in a seat, um, for my review of Oppenheimer, what did I like, what didn't I like, again, I'm gonna start with what I didn't like, 
um why is there a jfk cameo in this movie like oh well, there's not like a cameo but there's like a little a little mention like why like same energy is putting jack black in star wars like <laughs> like, like oh what's his name uh it's a guy trying to make a name for himself jf uh john john kennedy J john f kennedy yeah yeah bro come on what did we need the jfk cameo for like i get i i appreciate and i understand the historical context of oh man this is where jfk kind of ramped up his career but at the same time it's like did i really need a jfk kind of like it took me out for a minute that was really my biggest complaint is it took me out the way that that was delivered um yeah that was kind of weird it's like who's a holdout some guy named kennedy that's so uh, that's so weird um other than that i have no other icks to be honest well okay that's not true um yeah uh, the, the like random sex scenes with florence Pugh in the um uh with florence Pugh and uh, killian murphy in the boardroom in the uh quote-unquote security hearing um yeah those were a little uh weird uh off-putting um i'm not sure if they were entirely necessary um but uh hey hey chris nolan you know you've you've made hundreds of more million dollars than i'll ever see in my life so i'll give it to you you know it sure <laughs> why not it was necessary why not um um but what did i like nearly everything else the visuals as per all of nolan's films are incredible the score you know as per all of nolan's films he um i'm actually not sure who did the oppenheimer score pretty sure it was ludwig Göransson. i'm definitely butchering that last name i think but um the same guy that did the mandalorian theme um i'm pretty sure he worked on community that tv show as well um he's a really really incredible composer um his score for this movie uh also incredible that's that's what i was saying that um definitely under christopher nolan's mo to have a great score um yeah can you hear the music is uh, an incredible instrumental i would recommend after this episode go and listen to it because it is an incredible episode you you just sit there and like put your head like in your hand like like the meme you're seeing of dr oppenheimer and pretend like you're an intelligent man like it's incredible that that feeling <laughs> um uh, what else did i like uh the performance is obviously really really great killian murphy destroys his role as oppenheimer it's it is incredible to see this back and forth kind of built up within himself he quote unquote hears the music so he must further progress but at the same time he has moral quandaries with it um i i don't really fully understand the rationale um you know me personally you know outside of my personality as someone who watches and reviews movies like me just personally i would never <laughs> agree with um you know, using that kind of destructive power on really any living thing um so you know obviously i have a moral quandary with it um but it's weird to me to see this oh man well they're not going to get it until they use it 
and then once they use it they'll never touch it again i just can't imagine being that short-sighted with how intelligent dr oppenheimer really is you know how much he was supposed to be like i guess that intelligence was like cut off the common sense portion because i don't understand how you can look at it and be like oh yeah all that destructive power they're just gonna put it down what do you mean dude and like afterwards you're like i started regretting it once i realized we were gonna use it you didn't think they were gonna use it of course they're gonna use it why the fuck are they having you build it of course they're gonna use it what are you talking about like <laughs> so, so that part of his character i didn't really get but like that's that's also not like a character choice that that was real so that you know the dr oppenheimer really was um uh, according to what I've looked up and researched, I, I could be wrong. You know, I only use two sources, so hey, correct me if I'm wrong. But as far as I know, Dr. Oppenheimer was in real life very back and forth on the morality of creating and using the atomic bomb. Um, everything that the film does with uh, visuals on a molecular level um, are captivating. They are enamoring they're hypnotizing really um it's really 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 good job that um christopher nolan does with you know characterizing uh not even characterizing how do i say um i guess creating just like depicting these you know molecular processes and that you know just seem to be racing through oppenheimer's mind that's that's an incredible incredible thing um I do wish they had kind of woven in a bit more of the uh, underlying trauma of having been the one to create the bomb that was dropped. Like, they did a lot in a little bit, uh, in a little time, with the um, the rally that was held, that he was like, oh, well, I bet they didn't like it. And then the, they, they cheer, they all stand up, You the screams and cheering, it's all silent. You can just hear their, like standing up motions and like their feet kinda um and then you just can just hear screams and you know he steps into a a a corpse it's like i wish they'd done more like that to kind of better characterize how he was losing his grip on his morality um i think that could have been used a bit more uh but i think what i what we got was satisfying enough uh definitely (laughs) they did like i said they did a lot with that little bit in the in the rally um, the narrative format of it being within the context of um, a hearing, a security hearing, as well as, you know, farther into the future. Um, <clears throat> oh, no, I forgot his name. I think it starts with an L. Uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s character. What is his name? Hang on. I'm going to look it up really quick. But um, during his hearing as well to be, you know, sworn in, you know, I, I really, really, really love 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 the narrative format of that um louis strauss louis strauss that's his name yeah his hearing yo (laughs) that's kind of crazy and uh i really like the um uh what you call it the black and white versus the color as well i i think that for me i don't know if they they have been it's been confirmed or whatever whatever the intention was but for me, I, I think what I'd seen online was, you know, before the movie came out, was that people were thinking that it was more about, um, you know, Oppenheimer's 
what's the reality of the situation and then what is you know fictional was the distinction between color and black and white but i am more <laughs> like i i feel like it's more obvious to me that black and white is from strauss's perspective and then color is from oppenheimer's perspective um because as far as i can remember there are no scenes where um uh you know like it's just oppenheimer and uh, strauss isn't there i don't think there's any scenes where it's just oppenheimer and it's black and white and i don't i can't think of any scenes where it's just strauss and no oppenheimer where it's color so i'm pretty sure that that is the distinction that's that's definitely what i picked up um from that so as you can tell loved the movie really really good movie um very much uh, another great nolan to kind of log away um <laughs> will i be rewatching it anytime soon um maybe actually it, it wasn't you know incredibly grotesque or anything like that what i might have been expecting so uh it's definitely not something difficult to rewatch. um aside from the the length <laughs> uh my score for that one um i believe was an 8.7 i could be wrong 8.7 yeah i give it an 8.7 um now <laughs> this is where we get into some you know let me let me get to the the barbie verse oppenheimer later actually um but yeah i give this score or this movie an 8.7 um i mean what else do i need to say and christopher Nolan is incredible his pairing with killian murphy it pulled it from an r-rated historical drama that could have been written off to something so 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 much more than that um, I don't think anyone else is telling this story this this well. Um, <laughs> not at all. Um, yeah, it it definitely got a ton of free marketing. <laughs> shout out, shout out Barbie, Barbie Heimer fans. You know, I, I think that that definitely saved the box office for that film maybe a little bit. Because had that not been a, a part of the conversation, I think we'd be talking about it like a Barbie, like just a blowout like the running up the score oppenheimer you know flopped <laughs> but you know uh, enough people wanted to do that double feature which you know i did as well um so yeah i definitely think that that's the reason this movie has made so 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 much money um because people got actually just the inclination to go and see it and they realized how how good it was um the mvps of this film the obvious ones are killian murphy and robert downey jr they are so great in this movie. They are incredible in this movie. Um, they deserve nominations and probably wins for both. Um, but then again, that's going to be another Barbie vs. Oppenheimer thing. Um, this movie got a higher score. It is just more my kind of movie. I am more of a historical nerd than I am a, you know, I don't I don't even know what what genre <laughs> Barbie falls into but honestly Barbie is its own genre so I, I had to adjust like uh, forgive me um but anyway the obvious ones yeah Killian Murphy Robert Denny Jr. incredible the not so obvious ones uh, I think Emily Blunt deserves a huge shout out for this film she did an incredible job and I think it's one of the first female characters in Nolan films that I really felt her i really felt was actually written well and actually given the due attention that she deserved um and then my second not so obvious mvp is 
definitely Alden Ehrenreich. He is just so satisfying to watch in this film. Like, at the very end, when he's like, maybe they weren't talking about you at all. You loser. Shut up. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love his character. It, it is so satisfying to see this, you know, um, what is essentially a, a Senate aide just telling off uh, a future cabinet member maybe <laughs> like I, I absolutely love that part and lead up to it you know this genuine naivete that he expresses is uh, really really engaging for his character uh, and it pays off huge later um, <laughs> so let, let me talk about the double feature real quick before we end how was this experience as a double feature me personally um i i don't really keep track of how many double features i really do um in uh you know in 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 my just casual movie watching so you know that said it, it definitely is hard to try and rank it or give it a ranking or rate it or something but um it was a great double feature um, I would definitely recommend doing Oppenheimer first. Um, uh, you know, if your theater is still playing both, I would recommend, obviously, yes, do Oppenheimer first. Getting, you know, getting to the theater, like being in the theater for that long. Because think about, thinking about it, Oppenheimer is about three hours long. And Barbie is, I think, about hour 50. Maybe it's like two hours, seven minutes. How long is Barbie? Let me see real quick. Barbie is what 114 minutes so it's not two hours okay yeah so it's it's kind of close to two hours it's it's very very close um but anyway yeah it's you're spending like five six hours in a theater so I will I will definitely recommend you go see Oppenheimer first because Barbie gives you a lot more to get engaged with um actively laugh at um whereas Oppenheimer is much more I'm gonna sit there and think about this shit like <laughs> like this shit is crazy for real like I, th there's no way yo no way yo whoa 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 oh my god yeah I'm sorry I'm sorry it, you can't see it but I'll explain it in that one of my friends has apparently given Barbie two and a half stars oh, Clara gave Barbie three and a half stars what? Oh, man. That's disappointing, actually. Man, that actually kind of hurts me a little bit. Yeah. None of you guys know these people. I, I don't even know these people, but, you know, it, it's, it that bummed me out a little bit. Sorry, I got distracted. Um, but, yeah, like I was saying, Oppenheimer first, for sure, so you can stay engaged with it. It's definitely not as active and then Barbie end on a happy note, end on a, a quick little little laugh, you know? It's it's so, 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 so fun. So, yeah, I definitely recommend Oppenheimer then Barbie. Um, but the other way around is just fine, too. You know, really just go in, see these incredible movies made by these incredible people. It, it really deserves the attention that it's getting, truly. Um, and the last question is a joke question. Who won the war? Uh, obviously, Barbie won the war. <laughs> This this whole Barbie versus Oppenheimer, it was never a competition, guys. It was never a competition. It was always going to be Barbie winning at the box office. Like, 
come on. There's no way that Oppenheimer, an R-rated historical drama, was going to overtake Barbie at the box office, a PG-13 comedy with, you know, or uh, comedy, drama, a little bit of both. But anyway, yeah, no, it, it definitely was Barbie by far. Uh, for me personally, I enjoyed Oppenheimer more, but marginally, not by a huge amount. Um, so, you know, that said, please don't, Please don't come after me, my 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 one and a half fans. <laughs> um, but all right, guys, that's that's gonna wrap it up for this week's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed this kind of quick little review of the Barbenheimer uh, double feature experience. I had a ton of fun with this movie, uh, Barbie, with uh, Oppenheimer as well. With this double feature, it was such a great time to be in theaters uh, over the summer for sure. Um, but, uh, like I said, yeah, that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode. As always, guys, thanks for tuning in. Uh, thanks for listening on Spotify make sure to leave a review, a star rating really helps kind of push the podcast out there and make it more uh, accessible for other people. Um, you can always find me on Letterboxd and Twitter. It's definitely where I'm most active. Um, and, uh, I guess I'll see, oh, oh no, I did want to say, um, I'm way behind on my Letterboxd reviews. So sorry again. Um, but all of those should be posted by the end of Friday because uh, with the hurricane that just came through, um, all of my classes got canceled, which really bummed me out, <laughs> no lie. I was, I was pretty sad about that, but regardless, you know. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, yeah, you, I'll see you guys next week. Uh, I'm not really sure what we're going to be doing next week, but there will be an episode next week. Uh, I definitely want to set aside some time to get this done week to week, so... We will see you next week, Thursday at 10 p.m. Have a good week, guys.